0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Okay, welcome back to Coast to Coast. Bob Berman with us. Bob, of course, is one of the country's top astronomy writers, is the author of Zoom and the Sun's Heartbeat. He has contributed to the very popular Night Watchman column for Discover for a number of years and currently a columnist for Astronomy a host of the Northeast Public Radio and a science editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac. His latest work is called Earth Shattering. Bob, welcome back. Looking forward to this.
1: Thanks. Great to be here.
0: And how have you been?
1: Oh, I've been fine. Everything's good up here in the mountains. Uh, Great. It's like uh, spring might finally be coming soon, and that's enough. That's all we need.
0: We got President Trump to sign an executive order yesterday. Uh, immediately asking for a study of electronic um, uh, pulse attacks or solar flares.
1: Well that's good. I think we've talked about those in the past, the solar flares that could really do us in. So uh, good that something's being done.
0: That's right. Now tell us a little bit about earth shattering.
1: Well this is uh, yeah the idea here is, is uh, I've noticed that people are, are are more concerned about something violent happening to our world, maybe the poles flipping yep. or colliding with another uh, planet. Some even think that another planet named Nibiru, which is actually make-believe, but they think that's, that's on its way to a collision course and... and and uh over the years, it looks like people are far more interested in this than than in the more realistic threat to their lives, which probably involved them smoking when they shouldn't be or 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 their high cholesterol or something like that. so figure hey uh-huh. let's 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 monetize it let's 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 uh let's really talk about the the uh about what has happened in a realistic fashion mm-hmm. and what uh, may happen again
0: are they out of our control? These events?
1: Uh, by and large, yes. Yeah, there's That's only a few, very few that are within our control.
0: And is it a matter of not if, but when?
1: Yes, given enough time. That's right. There are, there are, there are things that will happen sooner rather than later, and then there are the worst things that will happen more certainly Uh, but later rather than sooner.
0: Bob, let's go back to four and a half billion years ago when good old planet Earth started to get formed. Kind of take us through that process and then some of the calamities that have happened to our planet.
1: Yeah, probably the very, very biggest was simply the formation of the Moon. Had it not been for that, we would have formed in a much more uh, calm way. But this was a big one because we collided uh, essentially, we collided with the planet Mars. It wasn't the planet Mars, but it might as well have been. It was something of the same size, 4,000 miles in diameter, head-on collision. And uh, that almost did us in. I mean, that destroyed the entire crust of the Earth where all life lives and the mantle of the Earth underneath that. Boy, we almost didn't survive that. And the thing we collided with did not survive that. We we now call it Theia. We've given it a name Posthumously, so so in its death, uh, uh, it has a name. So we and say it collided, and for for somewhere between a month and a century, we're not sure. There was a lot of molten, white hot material of what was left of Earth, which w- was flung into space. Some of it settled back down, and is in the core of the Earth now, a combination of us. In and
0: what time Earth, period so. are we talking about,
1: Bob? About a little over 4 billion years
0: ago. Okay, so relatively new in the formation of the solar system.
1: Yeah, well, the sun and the planets formed 4.5 billion years ago, so this is 4 billion. So, well,
0: well, what's another half a
1: billion, right? Right, right, right. So so this all of this uh, white-hot material, what was left of Earth and the debris from Theia, uh, what didn't, Sink into the molten earth, uh, orbited, sort of was flowing into space, coalesced, stuck together, and uh, sometime within a month and a century, we had our moon, which at first was just a, a mess, but settled down to be the moon today.
0: How important is the moon to us right now?
1: Oh, it really is, because having a big stabilizing body like that—it's the biggest the moon in the solar system, relative to the size of the planet, uh, stabilizes us. So our, that our tilt, you know, our axis of rotation is tilted 23 and a half degrees. But the thing is, it would keep changing its tilt. It already does. Our tilt goes from about 22 to 24 degrees, which isn't much, which is, which is actually great. But any planet without a big moon... They're tilted over time, over long time, but over time we're talking about hundreds of thousands of years to millions of years. The tilt goes crazy, goes sideways to the sun, and then sometimes it's up and down to the sun, meaning there's no seasons at all. So if we were to go from extreme where we'd have too much heat, where nothing could live, to where we'd have no seasons at all, where uh, most creatures uh, need seasons, not all, but many And uh, so that would be our situation if we didn't have the moon.
0: Now, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, the fact that we need the moon for stability, and we have it. I mean, was that by design?
1: Uh, You know, George, you're opening up that old Uh book of of, uh, was it uh, all accidental or was it not? And uh, you'd think that all scientists... Believe that it's all just like oh it's just accidental, but a surprising number uh, believe in God. So, but that's the boat. That's the, the door we're going through when you say is it accidental? But the truth is, we do have a universe that's amazingly friendly to life. Not just Earth that we do have a moon, but we also have this giant planet Jupiter just where it is that blocks us from getting hit by too many incoming uh, asteroids and comets and things and uh, we have a universe where all of the forces that are called constants, meaning the force of gravity, the strength of the electromagnetic force called alpha, which uh, works in um, uh, atoms. In fact, in atoms also there's the strong force and the weak force. The strong force keeps uh, protons and neutrons in atoms. All of that is just what it has to be in order for there to be uh, life and, and the sun and stars shining, which, which we need for warmth. And so the, the universe as it is, which is friendly to life, would not work. There could not be life. There could not be stars shining. There could not be uh, atoms other than hydrogen, which wouldn't give you anything, any life at all. If any of these forces, uh, there, there are about 200 of them, the constants that make up physics and nature, if they were 1% different... So there is a big argument why we live in such a life-friendly universe. And some physicists say that's so weird, Uh, there has to be an explanation. Others would say, well, you know, speaking religiously or spiritually, (laughs) that it was designed for life. And and even scientists who are atheists say it looks like it was designed for life, the universe, because it is like perfect in all these ways. So you're bringing up a good point.
0: The cataclysms that have hit earth have been how many and how close did they come to mass extinction?
1: Oh, there were mass extinctions. They didn't just come close. There were five mass extinctions uh, over over periods of time. Some say that we're in a sixth now and some say we're not in a sixth. We can we can talk about that if you like. Well, but to, there, to there me been five for sure.
0: To me, mass extinction is total wipeout. So, obviously, that didn't happen.
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. And I'm, I'm of that school, too, that says we're, we're not in that uh, right now. Uh, I mean, species are dying out at mm-hmm. a greater rate than, 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 than normal. Uh, only 3% of the Earth right now, by the way. 3% of the animals are wild animals. And it wasn't that long ago that most Creatures were wild animals. Probably you could even say ourselves as well. What a
0: flip-flop, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. So so that's, you know, I mean, certainly Earth has changed, and if we keep going and removing the places where animals could live and all the rest of it, uh, we could create a mass extinction. Some say we're already in it. But there certainly have been five in the past, and uh, the first 444 million years ago and 86%. That's a lot. Percent of all the creatures on Earth died. And uh, since then, we've had them... You know, you want to look for a pattern, but when you look at when they happened, 444 million years ago, 375 million years ago, 252 million years ago, that was the worst. That was by far the worst. uh, 200 million years ago, and 66 million years ago. So you want to say... Is there a period of an even time period in between them showing that they are, they repeat? Because maybe, maybe we really live in a double star system and our companion comes close to us every oh, 70 million years or so, and when it does, the gravity from there throws all these... Distant uh, bodies that are out in the Oort cloud that we know exists, like a, a sphere, like a halo around our solar system, and, and some of them are hurled in our direction, and then we get another mass extinction. But no, no, no. There's no when you when you look at those periods of time, there's no number that divides into it. So it looks like they're just random.
0: Now this uh, cataclysm of this collision that occurred four billion years ago uh, between two objects. What happened to the other one?
1: There's no trace of it, which is weird. It's a, it is weird. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's a real puzzle because...
0: But we're convinced they collided. Something collided.
1: Yeah, you know why? Because all the uh, the math and the physics works for the moon being born in that fashion. Uh, every, everything else works fine, except that... Uh, If the moon is a combination of us and something else, then its rocks and its soil, called regolith, should contain a combination of earthly stuff and thea stuff. But now that we have samples, 832 pounds brought back by all the Apollo astronauts, a few ounces brought back to the Russians, um, it it doesn't. I mean, all the, the moon material is just like Earth material. And we're talking about the uh, those, those who remember this from physics. The oxygen isotope ratio of stuff on the moon uh, is, is earthly. It's not, it's not alien. Bob, so that's, that's a puzzle.
0: Are you familiar with the work of the late Zachariah Sitchin? No. Okay, I'm going to read something for you. He was an expert in Sumerian cosmology. And let me just read a couple little paragraphs here for you, then I want to get your reaction to this. Okay. Through Sitchin's studies of Sumerian cosmology, he believes, and he's dead now, but he believes there's an undiscovered planet which follows a long elliptical orbit, reaching the inner solar system roughly 3,600 years. This planet is called Nibiru. Sitchin claims that one of Nibiru's moons struck Tiamat, breaking her into two separate pieces. On a second pass, it, it Nibiru, an enormous cosmic entity, struck Tiamat as well, smashing half of the planet into pieces, which became what the Sumerians called the Great Band, the asteroid belt. That resides 205 to 300 million miles from the sun. The second half, being struck again by one of the moons, was pushed into a new orbit and created what we now know as Earth. And this event was to have happened 4.5 billion years ago. Now, this is a guy who did this research merely from old Sumerian texts. It's amazing, isn't it?
1: Well, yes, I'd want to see more before I say it's amazing. But uh, nothing that you said just now... I could say that that, uh, physics disproves it.
0: Disproves it. That's right. So it could be real.
1: Could be real. I mean, a a giant object that visited us or came close every 3,600 years, that's an awfully short time period. And... uh, you know we've we've got pretty good telescopes and we're watching and watching and there's no trace of uh, Nibiru or however we pronounce it there's no this, of is, course, this
0: is what they I, call that
1: near, you, you, you kept talking about how it would hit things, but it would also affect them certainly right. something that came near mm-hmm. and we'd have uh, uh, we'd have orbits of planets that were that showed traces of being nudged and pushed gravitationally by these visits every thirty six hundred years. Instead, we have uh, things like uh, Venus, the nearest planet to us, which has the roundest orbit, George. The roundest is so perfectly round huh. that uh, the circularity is uh, its like James Bond, 007, 0.007. Is circularity it means that if you looked at the orbit from space, you couldn't tell it was out of round, no matter how hard you stared. And That's not what you get if you have something coming nearby right. periodically.